I think video is a really important one because video is something you can do, you know, whether it be an email that you send out to people, whether it be social media, email, uh, video covers a lot of those areas. I could do away with my website tomorrow. I could just work on my email. Like go-to strategy would be twofold. I think you have to build the following, build data, you know, collecting data through a pixel, collecting email addresses, that type of thing. I think that is where the hard work and grind comes in. You've got to build up that following and the data and then video market the shit out of it. People want something short, sharp and concise, over the shoulder tutorials. Hey guys, look at this amazing tool that can cut out, you know, all your content writing team. Let's have a look at it. Boom, boom, boom. Very simple and very easy. So I think video marketing is probably the one to, to, to go to, uh, in all honesty. For me anyway, I think that would be the number one tactic. I'm John Wright, and you're listening to Affiliate BI, the business intelligence and affiliate marketing podcast brought to you by Statstrome. Welcome to the Affiliate BI podcast. I asked Craig Campbell if he could jump on the show again, and he said, I can do it, but I want tough questions, uh, no bullshit questions like how you got into SEO or what's new in SEO. Because, I mean, we already sort of know what's new in SEO anyways, if you're not paying attention. So let's jump into it. Craig, welcome to the show. Thank you, John, for having me back. It's always a pleasure. Awesome. So I know your story or some of it where you started off, from my understanding, as an SEO consultant, and then you got into creating courses. I just want to jump right to today. And I want to know what you're working on. What's in your portfolio for making money and what, what includes, what's... What's part of that that's also including affiliate marketing? So I still do um, affiliate marketing under the guise of tools. I do, you know, I help a lot of SaaS um, people. I've got a, a, a nice audience on YouTube. I've got a big email list. Um, and, and, you know, people always think you have to have a number of websites to do affiliate marketing. That's not the case. Um, so. When it comes to affiliate, I still work with a lot of uh, people, um, hosting companies like WPX. I've worked with ODYS uh, on the age domain side of things. Uh, you know, some of those uh, was a sponsor forward slash affiliate. I still got a percentage. So yeah, I'd still utilize my SEO following, if you like, to, to try and promote what I believe to be good tools. Uh, on top of that, I've got a couple of e-com stores that do well. I've got a private mastermind, which I run three times a week. Um, what else have I got my fingers into? I've got some non-SEO-related businesses like bricks and mortar businesses that I've invested money into. Um, I still buy and sell websites, you know, mainly display ad type websites. Um, I buy them up and, and maybe add a bit of affiliate to them, scale them up, uh, flip them. Um, I'm, I'm forgetting stuff. Courses, I, I, I do courses here and there. What else do I do? Um, I still do a lot of consultancy as well. Uh, you know, tra not training slash consultancy. A lot of people come up and just want my way of doing things you know a lot of people have maybe got agencies and they've got money but they want to pivot off in a different direction um so i get involved in a lot of stuff like that as well so i've got my finger in a fair few pies so to speak and uh, i like to to play around with a lot of different things to be honest just see where we go yeah and i guess it goes without saying it's like whatever project you work on it has a connectivity to something else like Affiliate marketing, SEO, investing, buying and selling websites. I mean, your skill sets are all complementary. So even when it comes to doing SEO consulting, whether it's like one client a month or something, it's uh, you're going to have like a higher take on it than someone who's just getting started as, you know, an SEO agency type of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, pe people with agencies that are starting out tend to come to me to talk about like scalability, hiring remote workers, processes, um, and also to learn all of the crap 
that, you know, I fell into, all the hopes that I fell into. So if I can save five years of your time, um, you know, trying to make you navigate around some of the, the, the junk that I fell into, then I think it's money um, worth spending. I think there's a book there somewhere about, you know, the, not the positive side, but the dark side of consulting and, uh, the clients from hell that you would deal with. Frightening. Uh, I'm scared to release some of the stories. I have had some real horrific type stories, clients from hell. They they will come out one day, uh, but for now, I just don't want to rock the boat, but yeah. Yeah, I think, think in years to come, I'm talking about real horrific uh, situations I've got myself into with client, you know, some clients. And I've had to fight back as well and, and said and done things that, you know, maybe maybe are not the right thing to do. So, yeah, there's definitely stories there. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll share a drink at a future conference and you can tell me some of them. Um, yeah. I want to jump ahead to, at the time of recording, I had a look at your social profiles and you have 131 subscribers on YouTube. How much video content are you producing right now? <clears throat> That's a good question. I am currently building a YouTube studio. Um, so I have over, I've got 1,100 videos so far on YouTube. I've probably taken my foot heavily off the gas over the last year or so in terms of producing a lot of content. Um, but it's something I want to go back to. I just gave myself a rest because I uploaded a lot of content and a lot of it was still current and, and there's no point in me doing a video four times on the same exact same thing. What's the point? But I think there, there's now a, a period where some of the stuff is a little bit dated. Some of the things no longer work. And of course, you know, you, you, you know things change, evolve. So I want to go down the road of AI and automation and stuff like that as well. I don't have a huge amount of content on that. And I didn't want to produce a whole lot of content around that because obviously the last 12 months in particular with AI, it's, it's been a massive learning curve and you would be changed. You'd be changing your content every week. Ah, oh, this tool's no longer the best one. Go to this one and go to this one. We all, we've all done it, John, as you know, uh, how many, AI content writing tools have you tried over the last 12 months? Probably, you know, double figures, uh, if, you know, so I think, you know, trying to, because my whole thing is I don't want people to make the same mistakes as me. So if I can help someone not do that, go through testing and all the cost of it, then, then I'm doing something valuable, but well, we're all learning last year when it comes to AI and still are, but I think, you know, now there's a requirement for it and what I'm using it for and AI on social media and stuff like that as well. I think everyone thinks you just churn out content with it. So what else am I using AI for? And I want to document that. So I'm going to be doing a lot more content, uh, probably two or three videos a week would be the initial aim, maybe more. I still, I always have done two live streams per week doing Q and A sessions. I've been consistent with that, but I'm going to come back with a bang on YouTube. I want to see how far I can push that up um, because 131,000 subscribers, I want more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, going into that, uh, just looking at some of your stats here, I think we've got 40,000 followers on LinkedIn, over 100,000 followers on Instagram. We've got the 131K on YouTube, over 100,000 on Twitter slash X. Um, how much effort did it take to build up uh, th these profiles? And what would you say it does for you in terms of your ability to to sell anything? Like you can literally just talk about a product or service and make something happen when, when it comes to sales. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people forget. I've had like, if we talk about Twitter, for example, I've had Twitter for 13 years. Um, and... I've worked very, I've worked very hard on it in the past. I don't do so much now. It's kind of fallen off a cliff. I don't seem to get a lot of real engagement on Twitter, uh, but you need to be active on these things and consistent and uh, stuff like that. So I don't, I, I, I'm of the belief that Twitter is where the most toxic people are, which is why I'm not, I just can't be asked. Like, what do I, I want to be doing fighting with people? 
Um, so Twitter's not one that I do too much with just now. LinkedIn as well. Again, I've had that for, for you know, I don't know, 15 years, something like that. Um, there was a lot of automation. It used to be a lot better than it was, um, than it is now. Um, so LinkedIn, I scaled up to, to a reasonable degree as well. But again, there was a lot of time and effort into it. But the only other thing I would say is there was a lot of automation uh, that you could use before as well that is no longer a thing now. So I get away with a lot more than maybe someone coming into the market today can get away with because the one thing I will say to people is uh, engagement is vital for any social media platform. And, you know, if you're faking it, you'll get caught very quickly. You'll get shadow banned and stuff like that. So you need to be very, very careful in terms of how you grow your social channels these days. I wouldn't do any of the kind of fuckery that I once did. Um, with that, you know, certainly when it comes to Instagram, Twitter, and various others, there were tools where you could follow people, and if they didn't follow back, it would unfollow them and all that kind of crap. So, you know, are my numbers uh, manipulated in some way? Yeah. I, you know, I've never been out there and bought uh, you know, crappy old bots or, or anything like that. But yeah, I, did, I played the game, played the system in the past. And to my detriment, uh, believe it or not, you know. Um, so, you know, as years progressed, you know, I, I think some of my social media channels were, were kind of shadow banned to some degree uh, and it wasn't quite getting the, the right traction because something was off. But I seem to have overcome that now, spent a lot of money and paid and they tried to to balance it out but advice do not fuck with it just be consistent smash it out the park uh, and, and you know the big thing i've got john that you haven't mentioned is tiktok i i, I have tiktok and i've done reasonably well over there totally organic no tools no fuckery no nothing just like shaking my fat ass um, and seeing what can happen and it does pay to be consistent, you know, people have got their different concepts of how often you should post and, and all that kind of stuff. But all I would say is try and make it engaging. Try and connect with the people you're talking to. Try and get them to like, share uh, and stuff like that. Posting rants that no one really cares about doesn't work. So the key part is uh, engaging. And if someone messages you on there, try and message them back. Uh, I think all of that kind of stuff helps. Yeah, I would say, I mean, when I look at, you know, what you've done over the past five years, I think it's the consistency. And I think the thing that is probably helps you get out of these shadow bands is the fact that you're not shy to do video. And I talked to a couple of people that are very big on LinkedIn and they say video is basically taking things to another level. And we already know right now it's like TikTok, Instagram, like that's becoming video heavy. Uh, I think even Twitter slash X, they're looking to become more of a video known platform. So I think the future is, is video and you've been doing video for, for many years. Yeah. It's a, uh, with a face like this, it's not always easy, but. <laughs> All good. And, uh, you mentioned before that you were building a, a YouTube studio or something like that. So I wanted to ask, like, you already have like a pretty, uh, nice setup, um, you know, just looking at, you know, the podcast you do and the video recordings, um. Would you say like this is pretty important that people should actually double down? Like I'm recording here in my living room, which I totally love, but I'm kind of looking at what you're building. And I think, you know what, this is actually, if you want to take it to the next level, I'm seeing some big affiliate groups. They're investing pretty heavy into this and going, we're doing the best, um, the best recording, the best sound, the best presentation and putting more thought and care into it. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's two reasons I want to do it. There's nothing wrong with the background and stuff that I've had. The big thing for me is when I record in particular in my office, now I'm in my house just now, this is fairly well set up. I don't have to do much here. But when I record in the office, I'm sitting there and I'm going through emails and then I'll say to my, my video girl, um, you know, pull out the lights and all that shit. Um, so it's, it's like a half an hour set up and then you're like, fuck, I can't be asked making a video now. I just want to open a door, flick these lights on and sit and just rattle out video after video after video without pulling out these tripods and right. fucking around. Um, 
So that that's that's one of my reasons for trying to build a, a dedicated studio is just I would can just go in and knock it out the park. You know, when I get an idea, go in, boom. And that's important for me. But secondly, like you say, you know, the it's only going to get worse, if you like, in terms of how many videos you're going to have to make. So production, you know, the, the uh, mics, the, the camera, the angles, the lighting are all super important. And, you know, people will start looking at that. You know, if everyone's doing, everyone's doing a podcast now, everyone's doing video. And so you want to stand out from the crowd and have the best kind of production quality that you can, you can get. And for me, a better cameras, better lighting and having, you know, built in lighting above me. So I've been in many professional podcast studios and you just sit there going, wow, this is a real setup here. So that's what I want. I want to to have proper lights rather than the tripods and all that crap. Um, it's just a pain. But wouldn't you also say, like, just for me to play devil's advocate and agree and disagree that we're being faced with blasted AI content left, right, and center. It seems like Google's struggling to know where to send users and going, okay, is this high quality? And it just seems like video is where everything's gravitating towards. And then my, my devil's advocate is basically saying, well, you've got... Um, started doing video like five years ago when people weren't really doing it. And even though the barrier to entry to do video is like literally your phone, I think people still struggle to say, I'm going to do a video because they get caught up in their head. They're like, oh, you know, I don't like the way I look. I don't like my voice. And they're like, I don't have experience. I've never taken a course. And they use all these excuses to not get started. So I still, I still think video is going to be an amazing channel for years to come where you know what, there are a lot of podcasts, but how many podcasts stick around? Like there's yeah. lots that start and then they just stop. Yeah, I think some of the things you said there, John, you know, people sit there and they go, ah, oh, I've never, never had training, never done a course. I've never had training. I've never done a course. <laughs> I just went in and done it. Uh, and maybe that's a special skill. I don't know, but I, I would also probably guarantee, John, that you've never done any kind of real formal training. Uh, or or a course, I might be wrong with that, but mostly wrong. I, I've done some studying, but I am gonna admit that you're one of the people that inspired me to say, you know what, I see you hustling with video all the time, and I and I kind of knew that you didn't have the experience. You just said, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna go ahead and do it." You you were one of the people that inspired me to say, you know what, I think I should do this because I've been watching you for like five years. I'm like, this guy's going a level up and a level up. And you're, you're starting to separate yourself from a lot of people. And that for me was like, okay, I'm not going to be in the same space as you as for affiliate marketing and SEO consulting. Like I'm doing a SaaS company, but when I watched what you did, that was inspiration. I'm like, Craig, Craig, you made the right decision years ago to invest in this. Yeah, I think, but sometimes I'm not an overthinker. Sometimes you just do it and see where it goes. And, and you know, I actually find it quite fun, uh, you know, talking to to different people, you know, just finding out what they're up to and what they do and what they use. So I actually do enjoy it as well. And yeah, I, th I think I, I don't ever watch it back. You know, like one other thing you said, people hate their own voice. I never listen to to my shit back because when I listen to it, I'm like, oh, Jesus, I hate that voice. So that does happen. You know, if anyone out there is thinking, oh, like I do it and then I listen, I just don't listen. I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys need to suffer rather than me so i mean there's not much you can do just go with it and yeah it's a uh, you know I, I may not be the most professional i'm not a professional speaker i'm not a professional podcaster uh, or anything like that but you know the, the amount of people who turn around and say i got something from that um that that's all i care about you know if i can say something that it helps people in some way and um, that that's what keeps me continuing to do it yeah well i think it goes without saying you know you're you're as real as they get so i mean you know it's the swearing and it's basically you know being honest but you you live and breathe you know the work you do like you try things and you're like hey i don't know about this but i'm going to go ahead and test it and you know the people that i see that have success are they're making mistakes they're testing they're learning from it and you know they're not afraid to you know to even like talk about it. Yeah. No, that's it. That's part of life as I see it. And uh, 
when I go down the pub with my mates, it's always about what we're blown up, not how much money have we got. Let's, you know, compare bank balances or anything like that. It's just like, oh, I bought this and it was a piece of shit or, you know, whatever. So that's how I see it, see life anyway. And uh, you've got to just keep trying. Yeah. Speaking of like learning from mistakes and growing, what would you say for any aspiring affiliates out there that want to do a go-to-market strategy for building any affiliate site? And as much as I know you said you're doing like a lot of these uh, AI tools, what would you do to say to maybe move away from written content? Not to say that you have to do video, but what would be a go-to-market strategy that you would just, uh, um, you know, say off the top of your head? Jeez. Um, you want tough questions? Yeah, I, I think, I think video is a really important one because video is something you can do, you know, whether it be an email that you send out to people, whether it be social media, email, uh, video covers a lot of those areas. So if you built up a good following, um, then I think video marketing would be the best way to, to go around it. Um, you know, I think, you know, for me, I could do away with my website tomorrow. I could just work on my email. Like go-to strategy would be twofold. I think you have to build the following, build data, you know, collecting data through a pixel, collecting email addresses, that type of thing. I think that is where the hard work and grind comes in. You've got to build up that following and the data and then video market the shit out of it. Um, I think that's where people will listen. People want something short, sharp and concise, over-the-shoulder tutorials. Hey, guys, look at this amazing tool that can cut out, you know, all your content writing team. Let's have a look at it. Boom, boom, boom. Very simple and very easy. So I think video marketing is probably the one to, to, to go to, uh, in all honesty. For me, anyway, I think that would be the number one tactic. Yeah, I, I would agree because, I mean, what I like to say to when talking to people about this is people buy from people and the more the, the person, the reader or the, the, the customer can experience some realness. I mean, video, as much as we do have tools to kind of fake this, which is still fine. Um, you know, at some point it's kind of like, you know, they're, they're chasing your personality and it's your opportunity to share, you know, what insights you have on whatever it is you're trying to sell. And going full circle back to your social media audience, like you've got a massive audience, like you could literally start your own SaaS company tomorrow and make sales happen instantly. Yeah. I, I would love to, I would, that's actually one of the regrets I've had so far is not having a SaaS tool. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe there's a, another a question coming up that talks on the investing side of things. Yeah. All right, so I want to jump into, uh, I had a chance to interview James Dooley, uh, basically, I think it was like a week or two ago. And one question I wanted to focus on him, because I know he's really big on masterminds. And I, I think I've seen you part of some of these mastermind communities. And, you know, I'm just learning that you have your own mastermind group. So I just want to hear your thoughts on how this mastermind works and what it's done for you, your business and your networking. Um, I, I think masterminds are, are massive. Uh, I've done many with James Dooley uh, at his office and in Manchester and things like that. Um, and then I've went on and, and done many other masterminds. I've went to other people's masterminds. I've held my own. I've, I've had my own private mastermind online for, God, I think I'm getting into the third year now of doing that. And I've got, a, a fair amount of people, a wide variety of people in there. And, you know, what does it do for me? Um, again, selfishly, I get to pick the brains of the, the people yeah. in the mastermind. There, there's people from all sorts of different backgrounds, working with all sorts of different companies. So, yes, I, I'm still learning in there as well. Um, but secondly, I can give back to to the community as well and and people in that mastermind talk very, very highly of what they learn, the style that we use. Uh, it's, you know, a no bullshit approach, no salesy approach. No one's in there to, to sell to one another. I've made certain rules in there to, to try and stop people from being there to, 
to try and sell to the, the guys in the mastermind. It's all about, you know, networking and stuff like that. Now, when we go to events, for example, Shang Mai SEO, I think there was maybe 10, maybe more guys in my private mastermind that came to Shang Mai to hang out and chill. We went to La Manga, and I think there was about 20 of us from the mastermind. Um, when I held my own event in Vegas, I think there was about 30 of them because a lot of the people from my mastermind are in the US and that can't come to Chiang Mai, that can't come to La Manga. Um, so I've met most people in my mastermind as well and we meet up at events and, and go out for dinner and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's good. They're a good group of people. We can utilize each other in the group if someone's, you know, not so good at, I don't know, GMB stuff, but there's certainly guys in there who are really, you know, top level at the GMB stuff. So we can all utilize each other as well. And I think it's good having that little community um, where we can tap into and, 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 you know, get to know and trust each other. So I, I enjoy the mastermind and that I was literally on the mastermind prior to coming on here. And uh, we, we do the kind of two or three calls a week. Um, and we'll even get different guests in as well. You know, I had a guy today, Big Duck, uh, Shimberry. You might know him. He works in the casino niche. He's based over Malta. Um, he he was actually, you know, giving uh, the, the mastermind some of his TBN kind of, uh, you know, his kind of setup because he works obviously in a different way than, than maybe guys that are working with plumbers and stuff. So it was nice to get some insights from Big Duck. And uh, yeah, so the masterminding thing is really big for me. I would rather sit in a room, you know, even when we do it with the, the likes of Dooley and stuff, you know, we'll get 20 or 30 people in the room and talk about different things and pick each other's brains. And I think that's a much better environment because when you go to a conference, you don't really get the chance to pick. So at Shang Mai, you do your talk, you're whipped off stage. People will come to you and try and ask you questions, but you don't really have that much time. Whereas in a mastermind type thing, you can sit and pick the brains of people. And I think it's a lot more value, uh, valuable for, for the, those that are attending. What would you say? Like, I, I kind of asked James a similar question about um, people that would be in a mastermind that are probably competing with each other, because I... I look at this and go, you know what? It'd be amazing to have an affiliate mastermind, but I know a lot of my affiliate friends, like we're obviously targeting affiliates as our customer. It's some of them, they, they kind of put a wall up and say, there's only so much I'm going to talk about my business there. So I'm just wondering, like, what would you say to both trying to set up an affiliate mastermind where there's hypothetically either competition or someone's going to be, oh, wow, that's a great idea. I'm going to go ahead and copy it. Um, what are your thoughts on all of that? I mean, from the angle that you say, you're you're looking for affiliates i think that's kind of dangerous you know if you were having a few of you guys in there people are going to start to trample on each other's toes um so to speak you know that's just the nature of what it is um now when i go to a mastermind we're not competing for people in the room so everyone's someone might have an agency someone might be an affiliate guy someone might be you know they might you know, whatever. So in most cases, we're not fighting to sell to each other. That is the, the key part. Whereas I think if you're trying to beat your peers to get all these affiliates signed up, I think, you know, that that's where there's going to be problems. And uh, people may be bad-mouthing and saying, oh, you know, John's stuff shit there. Come to me, I'll pay 85% more or whatever it might be. Um, I think that's something you need to concern yourself with. But most masterminds, we're there to help each other. We do SEO, but most of us are doing it in different niches and there's not really any kind of, you know, fighting to 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 get money in that room. And I think I would make that a rule. Right. Do not come in here and sell. Do not come in here and pitch. Come in and offer value up front and help each other. Do not come in here to try and win business. And that's one of the rules that I try to enforce in my own mastermind. I'm like, guys, don't share links. Do not pitch people. By all means, if you're really good at something and someone approaches you, do business, but do not come in here as a way to win business. Yeah, lead magnets and all that stuff. Uh, yeah. I think it goes to the saying, like, 
there, there's a catch 22. Like sometimes when you give your best stuff, people trust you as the go-to expert for that expertise. Like, you know, if it's like a digital PR, you know, you're really amazing at that. I mean, just by sharing some insights, you're going to kind of make those sales without having to literally pitch everyone in the room. Yeah, exactly. You can so, demonstrate the knowledge. So that's the way I would do it. Don't sell. Um, but if people come to you, happy these. I, I think uh, masterminds is something I'm going to have to add to my agenda this year. And at some point, I'm going to have to start uh, knocking on your doors and saying, what am I missing on the other side? Yeah, for sure. So coming full circle, knowing how you got started and what you've been building up recently, uh, one pattern that I've been looking at of like everyone, like SEO agencies here, affiliates here, you know, they start making more money, the money piles up in the bank, and then they start becoming investors. So I wanted to ask, uh, do you have aspirations to invest? I'm, I'm assuming you do. And I'm guessing that's also part of maybe what you, what you mentioned that you like doing, which is also having a chance to mentor people. Yeah. Um, so investments, first off, I do invest in digital assets. Uh, you know, that's something that I've been talking about on stages for years. Why are you not investing in digital assets, you know, as an SEO? If you've got money, why go invest in property? You can get a lot more investing in a game that you actually know how to play. And um, so I do invest in a lot of digital assets. Um, and yeah, with a view to selling them, scaling them up quickly and selling them on. Um, I do invest in things, other things. I've just never invested in a, a SaaS tool. I've had opportunities to do so. And uh, it's just finding the right one uh, to, to, to get involved with. I've, I've even had people offer me part of a company without any cash investment to leverage my following. So the right opportunity will come up. But I think it's more of an opportunity thing than anything. You know, I don't think I would, in, you know, I invest just to sit there and tell people I've got, you know, 10 things in the go and I'm some big investor, you know, the opportunity has got to be right. And it's got to be something that I actually believe in. And, you know, I have made some bad investments in the past as well, where I maybe have done it for the wrong reasons. <laughs> and uh, maybe just to say, oh yeah, guys, I've invested in this new thing. Um, and, and it's not really went that well. So yeah, I think investment is really important though. You're trying to make your money work for you. And, you know, there's no other game. After 22 or 23 years I've been in this industry, there's no other thing that I understand better than the digital marketing game. So that's the only thing I can really invest in. Um, without out with properties and, and other various bits and bobs, I think it's the only thing that's a safe investment for me. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I've watched a lot of affiliates grow from one person to, you know, 50, 100 plus people. And then, of course, when you know digital assets, you just know how to make things happen. And you're just like, well, this is easy. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to amplify it. I'm going to add my SEO experience to it and double revenue. Um, yeah, I think dig digital assets, uh, I think we look at them from our experience and going, this is kind of obvious. And, you know, I just watch people do this over and over again. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you know yourself when you see something, John, you, you know, you look at it and go, fuck, this guy's not doing this. He's not done that. You know, so if there's more meat in the table, I'm desperate to get into that. Yeah. You know, if I see an opportunity where someone's making probably reasonably good money, but they're not doing everything else, then yeah, that's, that's, that's a uh, like porn. Yeah. From I'll I'll have to go back and check our message history because if I haven't pitched you yet, then that's my mistake. But uh, you know, us as a startup, we've been uh, bootstrapped, and then we did a, a round to accelerate. And I'm just sharing a short story about how I learned being on the other side of the fence of you know raising capital. It's you you start realizing who invests, how they invest, what's the criteria, and it's a it's a whole new world. It's kind of like another layer of business that. It's there, but it's starting to grow. And I think, uh, you know, you probably have more of these chats with, uh, you know, people in your mastermind and, you know, people like uh, James Dooley and everyone else that they all kind of find a way to, you know, level up and do something a little different. Yeah, it's a, uh, 
I'll, I'll tell you a funny quick story. I was I was on the phone or doing voice messages back and forth with Dooley. And he invests in a lot of things as well. But one thing he said to me the other day, he went, Craig, do you know what? He says, I paid X amount of money for 20% of this fucking tool. He says, and a bastard like you can get 40% recurring monthly just as an affiliate. He says, affiliates earn more than the fucking tool owners themselves. Um, so that's always something to think about, guys. Um, you know, I'm not trying to talk anyone out investing, but yeah, um, but you know, for affiliate people out there, there's still a massive opportunity to make a ton of money and not have the stress um, that people that you have, John, you know, trying to raise capital and do all your backgrounds, uh, you know, development stuff and all that. That's not a nice place. I hate developers so yeah. much. <laughs> it, 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 goes, it goes in, it's within context. It's what do you like to do and what do you want to work on? And I can say from my own experience, that's actually the thing that I realized I like doing more of. It's the development work, the, the building of ideas, the creation of stuff, the solving of problems. Uh, that's where um, I, I'm more than willing to take a step back. We still do some affiliate marketing, but more in the B2B sense. And that's, that's still fun because I find it less competitive. But um, no, it's, uh, we, we made a big sacrifice to say, you know what, let's, let's sacrifice our B2C affiliate sites. Let's sell them uh, so we can basically spend money on investment uh, to build the software. And yeah, I don't have any regrets. I was willing to risk everything burning to the ground. Uh, at the expense on the other side, we easily could have been making, you know, probably millions per, per year if we just said, let's not reinvest into software. Let's put the money back into the affiliate sites. So yeah. it was, it was a big gamble, but, um, it's looking like it's paying off, but it's still early days for us. But, um, yeah, th th this is where, where I feel more comfortable. Everyone's different. That's the thing. I just don't have the temperament or the patience. I start getting frustrated. Um, like when I say about developers, it's nothing against developers as such. I just find it very frustrating because I don't know the ins and outs of it either. Yeah. And, uh, and I start to become frustrated. So it's better sticking to the, what you feel you, you know, you're best at. Yeah. And just to add to that, like, I know this is kind of like conversational. It's I've got a degree in engineering, so I do have, I do understand the tech more, but what I'm realizing is that I think I actually need to double down and go, maybe I'm not going to do like the actual programming work. Uh, but I do think I need to learn more of the programming languages because you can, you can ask your developers to build stuff, but you can't always ask them to create the ideas and solve problems and see a pattern of like a problem. Like, yeah. for example, like even when it comes to AI, it's like, there's so many ways of integrating AI. And I've actually said, you know what, this is going to be my learning for this year of learning, uh, Python learning, um, you know, of course, more of the data viz, uh, software is like power BI and going, okay, I'm going to see how I can integrate ChatGPT and Python and go, let me see if I can build apps that can stack on top of each other. Can I build something that previously would have taken me one or two developers for an entire year? And can I actually do this in a shorter period of time? Can I use these tools to do instant analysis where we don't even have to build that project out anymore? We can just say, look, you know what, affiliates, you have all this stuff. You're, you're two clicks away from making it happen. We'll just, we'll just pave the road for you to get there. Yeah. No, so, that's class. So speaking of mentoring, and this is uh, where I get really selfish here. Uh, and I only do this because I had a chat with uh, James Dooley about this, talking about what we do with stats drone and we started talking about like we have all these data points and we're looking at publishing them and he basically said it's a great idea versus the risk of someone's going to copy it so i wanted to say like you've you you've mentioned you've done some seo work for SaaS companies for what you've know about stats drone what would you say are some tips that we could do as SaaS companies for seo for link building um your your best tips and strategies all that stuff um i mean i think uh, you know, what you've already said in terms of pushing data out there, I think that's the big thing that people want to see. You know, if you can lay that out in a plate for us as as lazy SEOs, we, we can't be asked digging around 
But if you can lay it out in a play, obviously you do run the risk of, you know, your data being twisted and stolen and, and, and everything else. But, you know, that's the big thing that you've got. Like, I worked um, with Sam Rush for many years. You know, Sam Rush had an outrageous amount of data. They didn't, at the time, that, you know, Sam Rush used to take us away to different countries. So they'd take like 40 of us and they'd sit you down and you'd work with the product team uh, behind Sam Rush and they'd say, what is it you want us to fucking lay in a plate for you? Tell me what the fuck it is you want. We can guys this up in whatever way you want. What do you want to see, Craig? How do you want this to be calculated? You know, even when it comes to toxic links through the site audit, how do you how do you think link should be toxic, Craig? Is it based on this, this, and this? Um, so they really sat down with a lot of people to try and understand what we want and and then present it to people in a in a nice a nice way. And I think, you know, obviously you've got to put the data out there, but equally I would be saying to someone like yourself is yes, you, you've got experience and, and you probably have already sat down with people to ask what they want to see, but I would be asking a wider range of people what, you know, how you want to present it, what do you look for? Because everyone's got their own little, you know, thing in their head. For me, when it comes to SaaS, you know, they, they, they give you information and data. Is it wholly accurate? No, it's not. It's how you interpret the data. Um, so I think also giving people an understanding of how that data is calculated would be a big key thing for 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 that because a lot of people say to me john same rush the fucking uh you know the the traffic uh overview on that is fucking horrifically off uh now yes of course it's horrifically off but they've got a formula where they look at search volume they'll look at your position and then it's math to say you know, if you're in position two, you're on average going to get, I don't know, 10% of the traffic compared right. to the 80% that the number one guy gets. So they're working on math and it's never going to be wholly accurate. And people don't understand that. But what they don't, what where I think the big thing is, is Semrush won't publicly, or they, they didn't at the time, tell people how these things were calculated or give you a rough idea of how that's calculated. So I think that would be something that I would try and lean on as well, because the more I understand how it's cal calculated, the more I can do with that data, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. We're, we're actually taking a philosophy of going, you know what, people can copy our data and then basically write automated reviews of our content. And we're just going to say, you know, we don't care uh, because we want to do kind of something what you're saying. It's like, Make the service so valuable that people will just come back to you anyways. Like if we're providing data points of affiliate programs that no one ever wants to take the time to do, but we, we're doing it indirectly, it's like which programs have like server-to-server -server tracking tech? Which programs have data by real-time, by the hour, every 24 hours? What time zone is that data point? And then even what you just said, like, well, how are the commissions calculated? Sometimes commissions can be like a total mess or a nightmare depending on the product or service. You go into online gambling and it's kind of like, you know, it's like spaghetti. It's like this calculated with that minus that and no negative carryover. So yeah, we're, we're actually looking at doing that as one of our, our, um, as kind of like an, a USP, so to speak, how do we separate ourselves and be an essential service where our reviews attract even people that say, you know what, we're not going to use your software, but I, I need this, this data over here because it's like the source of truth. Yeah. So I think put, presenting that in one of those ways would certainly stand you in good stead. And I think a lot of people don't think, a lot of SaaS providers don't think of it like that. But you get frustrated when you see data and or data, as you guys call it, uh, and you don't understand where they're coming up with the figures from. So trying to, to bridge that gap would be key. Yeah, there's lots of insights there, but I mean, it goes without saying, you know, a lot of people overlook the basic concept, provide value. What does value look like? You figure that out. It, it just can't be regular content. That's content for the sake of content. No, definitely not.
And last but not least, what do you see the future of affiliate marketing as it intersects with business intelligence? Um, I, I still think affiliate marketing will be there. Um, you know, the, the big thing that I see is, is a lot of crappy websites, you know, that, that, that are out there have been getting slammed over recent years. I think if you really want to become a big affiliate, I think you need to treat it like a real business. You have to have video, you have to have a YouTube channel, you have to have social media, you have to be building that list. I think quality is the, the big thing now. Um, you know, the, the days of, you know, having some crappy little informational website that's full of how-to guides and all that kind of stuff, I think are gone. Uh, you know, Google is crushing the the stuff there that, that that's kind of not had the time and effort put into them as, as they probably should have. So I think each and every affiliate website probably has a higher barrier to entry, so to speak. That's the way I see it. I don't think people are going to stop searching. I don't think video is going to stop working. I do not believe for a second SaaS tool providers are going to stop coming to me for my YouTube channel going, Craig, I want exposure on here. You know, that is all kind of affiliate marketing to to some degree. Uh, and I, I just think how that is done is going to change. Uh, um, you know, w one thing I would say, I get a lot of approaches for YouTube. Now, statistically, as an affiliate, a link on a YouTube description is a problem because no one ever clicks it. Now, if you if you watch a video of mine and I say, I don't know, Instagram's the best social media tool, you just go to Google Instagram and go over there and, 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 and sign up or whatever. You don't really click in the link. So I'm not going to get the credit as an affiliate. <laughs> so I think when it comes to video marketing, the tracking of affiliate is is getting somewhat harder um, because also on top of that, putting a link in a, a YouTube description or a LinkedIn uh, post or anything else and leading people off site compresses your, you know, um, pe people who see your post. So you've then got to take away the link and put it in the first comment. So again, your link is is becoming harder to get clicked on as an affiliate. So that's the only thing I really see, um, you know, with the way social media works and the way that YouTube works and user behavior works is affiliates are not always going to get the credit that they deserve for what they do. So that's a bit of a problem for me. But um, yeah, it's uh, just something we have to try and figure out. Yeah, I think the way it's going to be figured out, and I know I've been listening to a few people talk about this very problem, is that, like, let's pretend we're actually going to do a deal. It's Craig Campbell with Statstrone, and the way I would envision that, knowing that, you know, YouTube and LinkedIn, they don't really want to see a lot of links, even if the links are going to appear in the comments. So let's put that aside. It's kind of like, how do we make it such that when the user is watching your video, that we add value such that they have to... They have to go to the Craig Campbell landing page of Statstrom. They're going to actively search for it. So you can actually tell them statstrom.com slash Craig. So, you know, we, we create that landing page for you. And then it goes without saying, it's implied that we'd want to add a little bit of extra value. Like why, why is Craig recommending this? And what, what can we do as a company that's going to help you do an easier job of selling? I think this will be part of a future of affiliate marketing. And I think it's a weird way of bypassing tracking links without having to use a tracking link because yeah. we know what a tracking link is. It looks like a, a bunch of mess, but we have ad blockers over here that says, Hey, we, we don't like the stuff, but we, there's so much money involved that we can't live without it. And I just think that, you know, to bypass this concept of a link, it's like, we don't care how the user gets to the end destination. We just care that you are able to drive traffic to there. So we yeah. know that your competitors aren't going to be promoting this link. They're going to be promoting their own. So yeah. uh, knowing that people are going to land in, on that page. We, we actually can just create the, the link. And if you just tell people how to get there, whether they Google it or it's actually written as text or you even say it, as long as they get there, then, um, you know, I think that's the future of having this implied value shared. And I've heard landing pages are going to become more important. And it's not just going to be a tracking link that has the code. 
it's going to yeah. be, no, we need a landing page with Craig because the more you talk about us, it's that connectivity. You're yeah. a great person at selling. Let's keep that same, you know, Craig personality onto our page. And that's how we can benefit from it. Yeah. So that's a good workaround or coupon codes or, you know, go over there, go to this and get a 14 day trial, whatever it might be. I think there's a number of different ways you can push people over to the landing page and yeah, try think... and get your, your kudos for it because obviously people like yourself need to know who's bringing in traffic and who's not. Yeah. I, I think landing pages are actually going to be an important future because you're like, you know, when I said stashroom.com slash Craig, it's, it's easy. It's clean. People don't feel like they're being sold to as much. It's almost like you're, you're walking into it where. Uh, I'm, I've heard a lot of stories where tracking links have been blocked on certain platforms. Like as soon as you got all that code, it's like, like heck, even when Facebook puts all their code on your link inside the messenger, some websites actually just don't render it and you end up on a 404 page. Yeah. So yeah, my, my belief of what I see on my side is that I believe that affiliate marketing can be optimized to death and in an insane way where I think you're right. Quality is going to be one half of the equation. And the other half is if we can have everything optimized on the tech side, which is what we live and breathe, I, I see a, a doubling of affiliate marketing year after year for quite some time. I think that the future space itself is going to be worth way more than what's predicted for 2030. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Now, I, I, I think we're good and you're going to be the canary in the coal mine. It's as long as your affiliate revenues keep growing up and grow year after year, um, like that's, that's actually the, the signal. Like yeah. That, that, that will be really it. I hope so. I hope so. Greg, uh, thank you so much for doing this. How can people get a hold of you? Um, you can go to craigcampbellseo.com or follow me on any social media platform. Just look for Craig Campbell SEO. I am mainly on there, uh, kicking about in one of the social media. So just add me and send me a DM or whatever. Yeah. The top. And make sure you put the SEO part on there because there's, there's enough Craig Campbell's out there, but there's only one Craig Campbell SEO. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Craig. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to the Affiliate BI podcast. I'd like to take this time to ask for a small favor to leave a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast. That helps us expand our reach to rank higher in podcast directories and reach more listeners.